Williams wide left, Crabtree slot left. Gore goes slot right. Empty backfield. Shotgun Smith. Saints bring extra man. Alex going to boot to his left and run. He's going to run it 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Do you believe it? The play of dreams. All right, welcome to Fourth and Gold, Episode Five. What's going on, Matt? Hey, Javi, how you doing, man? It's another day in paradise. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, just running around with the kids all all morning and early afternoon today. Uh, if you're hearing this, it'll be re- recording on a Sunday. You'll hear this Monday morning or sometime throughout the week. Um, this is Episode Five. You can catch Fourth and Gold podcast on all. Podcast platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever podcasts are available, you'll be able to catch it. Uh, follow the podcast on Twitter at Fourth and Gold Podcast. You can follow Matt at Matt Bar underscore, and you can follow me at at Forty Nine er Forty Nine. Matt, what's going on? How how you feeling after this free agency period? Well, it's not over, but how do you I'll feel so you. far? Yeah, no, I'll tell you. I mean, last time we recorded, we told everybody uh, to have some patience. And to not get there, uh, not get all upset when they didn't make a move right away. And I think that really paid off. I think they made some really smart moves, and you know we'll obviously dive into all of them. But I'm I'm feeling pretty good. I would give them uh, a B for the off season so far. And if they can really make some make some smart moves in the draft, that could that grade could go up. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you on on the on the grade. I'm gonna give it a B. Um, the the Niners made some smart moves here. Set themselves up to do some things here come draft weekend. Um, trading for D Ford, signed K1 Williams, Jason Verrett, Jordan Matthews, Tevin Coleman, uh, brought back Jimmy Ward, brought back Raheem Mostert, um, added uh, David Mayo, mm-hmm. the linebacker f- uh, formerly of the Panthers. Uh, we did lose a couple players. Uh, Pinion went to Tampa. Yep. Brock Coyle re- retired because of uh, some back issues. Hopefully he is well and continued success whatever he does Um, yeah real quick before you keep going with the list brock coyle he was released by the 49ers before he retired that is a good guy move by the niners that paid him 1.4 million dollars when had he retired on his own he would not have gotten a penny so it was a very classy move by the organization shout out to john lynch and the guys at at the 49ers yeah good job That's, that's classy that's that's awesome uh, you got to take care of these guys. You know, they, they put their bodies on the line, and then he's going to retire early with some back problems. So he has some money in his pocket. And, again, continued success to Brock. If you're ever listening, uh, we wish you well. Uh, the other guys that are not going to be returning, Pierre Garçon, uh, Earl Mitchell, Cassius Marsh, and Gary Gilliam are gone so far. Um, two guys I forgot to mention that are, are back, Mark Nazacha and Anton Exum are also back. Um, so... Overall, a B grade. Uh, so let's dig in. Did the 49ers get better with these signings? Yes. Uh, let's start off with D Ford. D Ford, does he make this team better? 100%. I mean, edge rusher is the, is the number one need for the team coming into the offseason. And D Ford had a career year last year in Kansas City. I don't foresee him having any issues translating his game. He's super pumped to be on. I've heard him in interviews on, on KNBR and some other radio stations. And he just sounds electric. I mean, I'm really excited to add him to this defense. 
yeah, he sounds like a good guy. It sounds like the Niners brought in guys for the locker room, um, also for the on-field play. You know, get we I brought this up a couple episodes back of how the Niners were missing that heartbeat, that pulse on the defense, mm-hmm. guys who just get hype after a play. Uh, so D Ford brings that spark. Does he change the draft plan? No, I don't think so. The edge rusher is still the number one need. You only have one of them right now. So, I mean, they just let Cassius Marsh go, and he was, what, third on the team in sacks last year? So Yeah, he had five and a half. So yeah. him and uh, Blair had five and a half each. So you need, okay, so tied adi- for you need additional yeah. production. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't think it changes the draft plan. I still think edge is the, is the move in, in round one because um, they are going to need somebody to pair with them. Agreed. I would now – we can, I guess we can, we can talk about it now, but we can dig in a little deeper. I think with this D Ford addition, it gives us the flexibility. Um, if Bosa is not there at two, the flexibility one trade back, or two just go ahead and take Josh Allen at that position because he does play that Sam linebacker role. Um, mm-hmm. He can rush off the edge, he can cover in space, and you can send him on a multitude of packages, uh, blitzing the quarterback or just you know providing an extra pass rusher. Uh, in those in yep. those spots uh, gives you that flexibility. Uh, something crazy that I read about D Ford, he dropped into coverage a hundred plus times last year in Kansas City, mm-hmm. and the 49ers as a whole for their pass rushers in that position combined for eighty times in dropping back into coverage. So if, uh, if D Ford brings that type of versatility to the defense, it does give you more flexibility in the draft to consider a Josh Allen, a Brian Burns, those type of guys, if you trade back or if you stay at two. Um, I really, really like this acquisition, and I do I do like the way the cap situation plays out. Um, Parag, Marathlete, uh, has kind of finagled these deals to where there is no more, there's no more guaranteed money after, uh, the 20, after the 2019 season for yep. D. Ford, which is really, really crazy how they work these deals. Uh, so the Niners are, are betting – Betting on D Ford to produce to so that we or D Ford's betting on himself, excuse me, to make sure he makes all of his money, um, which is which is amazing the way they the way they work these deals. It's pretty pretty unique how they do this. Yeah, it, um, it's it's wild to to see all these guys. They come from all over the place and whatever, and they bet on themselves. Somehow the 49ers brass convinces them to bet on themselves, and they do it. Yeah, uh, I mean even going all the way back to Colin Kaepernick's big contract extension. Mm-hmm. I mean he bet on himself. After what was it, year two, they could cut him with no dead money. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, they they're doing that with everybody. Quan Alexander's deals the exact same way. D Ford's the same way. I mean, the rest of them, they have there's only like two big, two really big signings this offseason as far as contract numbers go. But yeah. they just convince these guys to bet on themselves, and it's 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 crazy. Yeah, I mean, the NFL is not for long for players. It also applies to the franchise. You don't want to be strapped. Two three years down the road, and you can't get out of these deals. You know, you, one that one that comes to mind off the top is Tony Romo thing. They're paying him. I think his last year of being paid was this past season. So you know, mm-hmm. you're paying the guy not to even be on your team anymore. Um, so I I can appreciate that, but then from the player standpoint, it's like, geez, you better perform and make sure you're getting all your money. Um, yeah. The last I like it. So I mean, yeah, it, it's a it's a good spot for the Niners. The last two questions on on you know our whole theme here today was. Uh, depth or starter for D4. We obviously know he's going to be a starter. He's not there for depth. Yeah. And then position battle. I don't believe there's going to be a position battle. He's just going to come in, be the number one pass rusher, be the Leo um, in this defense, and then move Solomon Thomas inside on those passing downs. 
um, if they decide to go with a Josh Allen as opposed to a Joey, um, excuse me, a Nick Bosa. Yep. So I don't know where you, I don't know where you stand on that. Do you agree there? Uh, I think a lot of people are putting emphasis on on the 49ers calling him a Leo. I think he's just going to play wherever he's most productive. Um, but yeah, he's day one starter. He, you don't you don't bring a guy in and pay him. Well, yeah, obviously we're not paying him anything because because the way the contract structured. But it was five years, eighty seven and a half million dollars is what the numbers came out to be. And they traded a second, a future second round pick to get him. He's he's a starter. And you don't you don't give money and trade away a pick like that to have a guy come in and be like, eh, we're gonna put him on the bench. <laughs> um, agreed, a hundred percent. D Ford is the pat you know the pastures we needed. Um, and I, I'm I'm cool with the 2020 second round pick. That's also really smart. You keep your number two pick this year and pick 36. Yes, uh, those can be potential starters in this draft uh, for the Niners. So that was very smart of them. Um, I, I I like it. I'm I'm 100 in. He makes this 49ers team better. Um, the next one on the list, Quan Alexander. Does he make this team better? The answer is yes. Yes. Um, Quan comes in as the wheel linebacker. As long as he's healthy, coming back from an ACL, which is not the biggest deal anymore with these guys coming back off ACLs. You know, we have high expectations for Jimmy Garoppolo and Jarek McKinnon, yet we have fans who are worried about an ACL tear for Quan Alexander. It doesn't work that way. If you have expectations for Jimmy and McKinnon, you got to have those same expectations for Quan. It just it, it kind of works the same. You can't say one's going to be really good and the other one's like, oh, why are we taking a risk? We already took the risk on Jimmy Garoppolo. We took the risk on Jarek McKinnon. Quan Alexander is coming into our medical system. Medical team is going to be overseeing his rehab and everything else. So you have to trust that same. You have to have that same idea behind Quan. I believe. Yeah. No, I agree with you one hundred percent. I like the I like the signing. I like I like the player. Um, weak side linebacker was a little bit more of a need than I think people are are thinking. Uh, I know everybody wants to jump to edge rusher, free safety, corner, all that stuff. But off ball linebacker tackling was bad last year and Quan Alexander does have a, a reputation for missing tackles but he also he also puts himself in position to make plays and yeah. and that's that's really what they needed and he's a he's a fantastic cover guy he creates turnovers love the signing cool with the money because again it's front loaded and after year one there's nothing guaranteed so or very little guaranteed I should say it's not nothing guaranteed but very yeah, little it's not as much yeah um, does he cha- does he being on the 49ers change the draft plan? Um, no, I I think this gives him the flexibility in round two to take the best player available, whether that be a free safety, a wide receiver, uh, an offensive guard. Um, Quan gives them that flexibility to do that because you have now Fred Warner, Quan Alexander, Elijah Lee, M- M- Malcolm Smith. So you do have four linebackers that can get the job done. You know, per se, and even Zocha um, played um, Sam last year as well when uh, injuries started to stack up. Yeah, and then they brought it. They brought back uh, Zocha back. So, mm-hmm. so now you have you have five linebackers. You can do whatever it is you like there. Um, he doesn't change the draft plan for me. Does it change it for you? I I don't know if it changes the draft plan. I, I think they were always going to go into free agency and get an off-ball linebacker, whether it was Quan Alexander or C.J. Mosley or whoever else. So I I, I don't think they had a big plan. To, to draft a linebacker with with uh, the lack of picks, I think they have six six this year, right? 
Yeah, six yeah. so far, depending on obviously what they do on draft day. So yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not sure if they had a big plan to address the position in the draft. I know they love Elijah Lee. They brought him back as well. So uh, I think they were content to roll with free agents and whatever else they could sign. So I I, I agree with you. I don't think the the draft plan changed. And then with Quan, is he? He's he's a starter. I wouldn't I wouldn't consider him a depth a depth piece. I believe he would you know beat out Elijah Lee uh, for the position battle um, in the OTAs and mini camps and then of course uh, training camp. So I'm I'm of the mindset of it'll be Fred Warner, Quan Alexander opening day um, as the Niners in starting inside linebackers. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Unless unless he has some sort of uh, back. Uh, oh geez, what am I trying to say? It's setback. That's that's the yeah. word. Damn idiot today. Uh, the setback. <laughs> <laughs> if if he has a setback in his rehab with the knee, that's the only thing that would stop him from starting day one. Yeah, one hundred percent agreed. I, and you know what the best part is? He said he's gonna pick. He's gonna wear number fifty six. So that means I can repurpose my jersey. Yes, my wife bought me. So Boom. now, if you Quan, if you're listening, or any 49 fan out there, if you're listening, if you have a hookup on a nameplate. Or somebody who can do some stitching, holla at your boy on Twitter. My DMs are always open. I would appreciate a nameplate for my jersey so that way I can at least wear it if I go out to San Francisco this year. Um, so if you're listening, please send me one or hook it up or do something. <laughs> hit my D, hit hit my line, slide in my DMs or something. I I would appreciate it. Um, my second favorite signing of this offseason, Tevin Coleman. Uh, did he make the 49ers better? Yes, he made the 49ers better. Uh, adding Coleman, with the discussion on Twitter is, oh, what do they do with all these running backs? Use them. Um, yes, use them. I was on the way home today um, just thinking, because I'm a weirdo like that, I'm just like, wait a second, maybe, <laughs> maybe Kyle Shanahan is looking at this roster now and looking at the draft positioning uh, for that second round and then or just looked at a lot of tape watching a lot of these wide receivers and he doesn't see anyone who sticks out to him what if he's just building this offense around George Kittle the way the Patriots built their offense around Gronkowski and then having three running backs who are capable of catching the ball out of the backfield all able pass blockers and then all three are good runners Um, you have Dante Pettis Marquise Goodwin George Kittle, and then you could have a plethora of formations with Juice, Tolt Coleman, Breida, and McKinnon uh, in this offense. Uh, I think this gives Kyle Shanahan a lot of flexibility come come OTAs, come mini camps, come uh, training camp, and then of course the preseason games to, to to experiment with all three backs on the field at the same time, which would be something. Um, I don't know where you stand on that, but it got me got me thinking. Like, wait a second, the Patriots did this. They built their offense around some second tier wide receivers, and then an elite tight end, and then of course some really good running backs. Um, I don't know if the, I don't know if that's crossed your mind, but where do you sit on that? I, I love the signing, and, and the reason I love the signing is they're paying him less than they're paying a fucking kicker. I mean, everybody <laughs> freaked out when they signed. Like, what are we gonna do? We got so much money. To- they're paying him less than the goddamn kicker. So chill out on that, first off. Secondly, his best year came under Shanahan, just as so many offensive players have throughout their careers. Their best year was under Kyle Shanahan. And it, it, fresh legs. I mean, we saw last year McKinnon goes down before week one, Brady in and out of the lineup. It was plug and play from there. 
if you have three guys that could all be number ones potentially for teams, um, that's awesome. So I immediately think he makes the team better. He's a fantastic pass catcher out of the backfield. In Atlanta, when he's working on Shanahan, they even line him up in the slot sometimes. So it's not it's not difficult to see why they brought him in, and and they plan to use him as an offensive weapon, just like just like Juice. Yeah, and it takes me back to that that Patriots way. You know, you build a, build the offense around your tight end, and then and then go from there. Um, I love it. I like the signing. Um, he is. This is obviously a depth piece because you have three, four running backs on this team. So that's just depth. That gives you the ability to be flexible. All the you know. Once McKinnon went down, a lot of reports are like Kyle Shanahan had built so much around his offense with McKinnon. This gives him that security. Look, I have Breed. Look, he has Breida. He has Coleman now. He has um, Juice and McKinnon back hopefully healthy, and then if you need to, there's still Jeff Wilson available, and then uh, Raheem Mostert is still there. So you have um, some options. Kyle can tinker around and make this offense a little bit better, and then, of course, he doesn't. he's not handcuffing himself to one player, which I think he made the mistake of last year, yeah. handcuffing his offense around one player, and you saw the team struggle. Um, even when Jimmy was active and playing, uh, that Minnesota game and the Lions game, they they, they weren't as uh, fluid as they wanted to be. You know, at one point, the touchdown to, to Kendrick Bourne out of the backfield. When do you see a wide receiver line up in the, out of the backfield and, you know, take that route? That, that would be a, usually a running back there right. or a fullback. You know, it just gives him more flexibility to be creative in the offense. I can't wait to see it because if he's running three, it would be amazing to see. You got Coleman in the slot. You got both backs in the backfield and then Kittle on one side, Pettis on the other. It's like, where's the ball going? It would confuse defenses uh, to the point where you know you, you may see some really, really explosive plays in the run game and pass game. So I'm, I'm all for that signing. Yeah, no, I, I really like it. I, I thought it was a smart move. And again, fresh legs. If one of those guys goes down, you still got two guys ready to go. If yeah. two guys go down, you still got one guy ready to go. So yeah, I, I enjoy the signing. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing Coleman play in the offense. Definitely. And my favorite signing uh, is Jason Verrett. Yes. Uh, did the 49ers get better with Jason Verrett? Um, I'm going to go I'm, – I'm not going to say yes on this one. I think this is more of a com- competition-type piece. Mm-hmm. This is going to force Tavares Moore and Spoon to say, hey, whoa, we were third-round picks for a reason. We need to you know, step our game up. I'm in the Akella Weatherspoon didn't play terrible last year because I did watch some film. Also, shout out to Eric Crocker for breaking down a lot of Spoon games. Yes. Um, you know, he helped me see what, what it is, what was going on with Akello, and it wasn't very much bad in his game. It just, that's what happens when you're playing opposite of Richard Sherman. We Historically, you see the guys who play opposite of Richard Sherman. They get a lot of targets their way. Um, so this piece with Verrett, um, I think this yeah. is more of a competition type piece. Um, I'm not gonna say the Niners got radically better. Uh, this is more of a wake up call to the guys behind, you know, on the depth on the depth chart with uh, Moore and um, Akello. So, where do you feel? Where do you sit on that? Yeah, I I enjoy the signing, if for no other reason, it's a one year prove a deal, and I love doing prove a deals with with free agents because I think that's when you get the best year out of them. It's a one-year, $3.6 million contract. I, I think only $1 million of that is guaranteed. The rest is bonuses. Now, the thing we need to talk about, Verrett, 
he has been injured a lot in his time when yeah. he was with San Diego. I mean, he had a very hard time staying on the field. I think he has only played 25 career games in four years. But in those 25 games, he has five interceptions. So he does – he can play. He's a former first-round pick. You don't get drafted in the first round because because you're bad. So I, I enjoy this signing. I'm looking yeah. forward to him uh, pushing Witherspoon, pushing Tavares more, pushing himself, whatever it is. They needed help on the back end. Now, D. Ford and the pass rush is going to help. I mean, quarterbacks can pick yeah. apart guys when they have seven seconds to throw the ball. So they're all already getting a boost when they when they bring in D. Ford and whoever they draft in the first round. So I'm with it. I like it. I think he is competition. I think he can win the spot because, I mean, there's a Crocker, when he broke down some of Verrett's stuff against Antonio Brown, I mean, it's just – it's wild. He is – blanketing Brown. Brown's not getting anything on him. So I enjoy yeah. it. I, I'm with it. I here's like ho- it. Yeah, definitely. Here's hoping he's healthy. If he's healthy and, you know, he's back from the Achilles and the ACL, um, that's awesome. I mean, we took a chance on Sherman with his ACL. I mean, I'm sorry, with his Achilles. Mm-hmm. I don't see why we don't take a chance on Verrett with his Achilles. And even if he is a depth piece, that's a really good depth piece. Hell yeah. Because if you still have Sherman on one side, Akello on the other, uh, K1 Williams is the nickel corner. You can also put Verrett there. So now you also have some competition there with DJ Reed and K1 Williams. So now you have you bringing him in uh, brings in a lot of competition. Yep. Um, in my personal opinion, that's always good. And we we said it before: competition breeds excellence. You have to have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the Niners players from last season they went into the offseason thinking oh my spot is secured they had a little bit of uh, complacency according to Richard Sherman he's like look guys just got the 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 positions give it to them you know they're not ready for these things so forcing them to work harder by a lot by adding in a good piece like Verrett um, will only make this team better um, in that sense Um, the position battle to watch would be Akella Witherspoon versus Jason Verrett Mm -hmm. and also K1 Williams versus Jason Verrett those two are fighting for their starting positions. I don't think Akello or Tavares Moore are going to be cut from this team. I just think they're going to be pushed to either earn that number one or the number two CB spot or that number one nickel spot. So um, let's get to work, guys. Like the Niners, uh, as a Niner fan, I, I'm, I'm excited to see it. Um, I know I, I updated my roster on Madden, and the Niners look a lot better. <laughs> yeah, they do. I did the same thing. <laughs> Um, just your regular fans here, man. I did the exact same thing. So again, Twitter's a magic place. I had no idea that that was even possible. I didn't even know that was possible. So, so some guys tell me, yeah, you do this and then you go here and you do, and And, man, I'll tell you what, a bunch of Madden nerds out there are already on it. I mean, I went in and they had everything updated to like three minutes before I, yeah, it was crazy. I, I got it. Like I did it this morning. Um, cause I haven't turned my PlayStation on in a while, but I did it this morning. I was like, Oh shit. And then of course I get a, I get a pick with a Kello and then I get a pick six with Verrett and I'm like, there's all this pressure. I'm like, Oh my God, it's so much easier to get to the quarterback. Um, but that's just Madden. <laughs> um, a couple, couple of, yeah, yeah, just Madden. <laughs> the other signings, um, I, 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 I see these more as just dev pieces again to push guys like Kendrick Bourne, Jordan Matthews. I think he's there to push guys like Kendrick Bourne to get better. I'm in the 
Kendrick Board Camp, I, I want him on this team. I like the way he plays. I like the swag he brings to the offense. Uh, when he does touch the ball, he's always happy. That's always a good sign to have a player like that. So uh, Jordan Matthews, I think that's a good signing for depth. Um, it doesn't move the needle for me, really. Mm-hmm. I still think we're going to go get a wide receiver in this draft. Um, I think it pushes Kendrick Bourne. Did he, does Jordan Matthews make the team better? Again, so I'm kind of like Jared. Uh, I think Jason he does. Brett. Um, it's more of a competition thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think he makes a team. Uh, Jordan Matthews is—he's got a little bit of a case of the dropsies, but he's been a good player, and I think he was just stuck so far down on the Eagles depth chart, and then he got traded to Buffalo. I mean, come on—you're not going to see a ton of—you're not going to see a ton of production out of a guy in Buffalo because they haven't had a. I mean, I like Josh Allen, but they haven't had a stellar quarterback there yeah. for a while so you're not going to see a ton of production out of him there but if you i mean shit they were trotting out nathan peter yeah more times than they carried they carried and then to, to do um and then he went back to philly this past year and you know again again on the yeah buried on the buried on the he, he had some he had some moments with them um but the potential this could be a low risk high reward signing just like the Verrett thing if he makes it out of camp and he becomes mm-hmm. wide receiver two or three on this depth chart and he just gives you, you know, 30, 40 receptions for five, 600 yards, a couple touchdowns. That's better than, you know, guys who, who we had this year who didn't really produce very much. Um, he's a bigger body. So he's, he would be the tallest receiver on this team right now. Um, By so far, that helps, six, three. you know, it's two, two inches taller than, um, Dante Pettis. Shout out to Dante Pettis who who replied back to my question about his weight. He said he's going to be coming into camp about 215, 220. So that's a big that's a big plus for Dante. Um, but yeah, I, I view yeah, Jordan Matthews I, as a depth piece. So yeah, most of his touchdowns have come in the red zone as well, and that's that's really what the the Niners need. I think we can go all the way back until geez about Jeff Garcia when is the last time they were efficient in the red zone, even in the Harbaugh years. Is I just preferred them to score from forty yards out because I know once we got in the red zone they're gonna kick a <laughs> damn field goal. So, so I, I'm I, I like the signing. I think it's good. Another one year prove it deal. So I mean, if he makes the team cool, if he doesn't, he doesn't. And uh, we have to mention that his uncle is Jerry Rice because apparently that's the number one thing you have to do with Jordan Matthews. Is talk yeah, about he's that he's related. Some I think everybody did it. Either he's a nephew or. Second cousin, or I, I don't know, but anyways, he's related to he's he's got he's got Some goat blood, so hopefully he has he can produce as a niner. <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm here looking at it. It's I, again a depth piece. Um, a position battle would probably be uh, Jordan Matthews versus Kendrick Bourne. That would be my likely battle there. Um, I don't think he's yeah maybe Trent Taylor because he yeah. can play the slot. So. So he'll he'll be duking it out with with Kendrick Bourne yeah. and Trent Taylor. So for sure. that, that's also a plus. They're getting those guys better. Um, he is a veteran, so veteran presence does help. Um, and then the one that's most controversial here is uh, the Jimmy Ward signing. Everyone hates it, but it, you got to understand it. You know, bringing him back. He knows the defense. He's he plays hard. The the Niners since he's been drafted, he's played. Nickel corner, outside corner, safety. And it's never the same each year. Like, it's always rotating. So no no player is going to get good at a position if they keep rotating your position. Um, if this is his second year at free safety, then let him, you know, I, I'm not opposed to him and Colbert duking it out for that spot. But I think 
with Jimmy Ward? Does it make the 49ers better? No, I just keep I think it keeps them the same at that spot. Does this change the draft plan? No. I think I think they're still going to no. get a free safety. Um, and this is a position battle for sure. So where do you stand on Jimmy Ward? Oh, man. I, I, I wrote something for 49ers Hub this week about it. Um, and I kept pushing it off because I wanted them to make a move in free agency so I could write about the free safety piece and why it was so important for him this offseason. And, you know, it's never made a move. It drove me nuts. Um, but Jimmy Ward coming back, I get it. I do. I understand it. Coaches love him. For whatever reason, coaches love Jimmy Ward, and, and they want him on the team. So it's a one-year, $4.5 million, probably not, all that, not uh-huh. all that is guaranteed. Again, they're paying him less than a damn kicker. So it's it's smart to bring him back. I don't want him to be the starting free safety, but it's smart to bring him back. Like you said, he has played so many positions, which means he's a depth piece for every position. If if the corners go down, if the safeties go down, whatever it is, he can step in and play right away. Yeah. Um, so with Jimmy Ward, it's a one yeah one year four and a half million dollar deal. Um, he has a large per game roster bonus of one hundred one point five million. Um, so basically, let's see, Ward played. Uh, yeah, he gets he gets eight hundred forty three thousand dollars with a per game bonus, as long as he's not super injured or doesn't get injured. The way these it's weird to read these contracts because Parag is kind of put these stipulations in all these in all these things. But, yeah, no, I'm not opposed to Jimmy Ward um, being back, even if he is back just for now until, you know, figuring out what they do in the draft. Um, and let's say let's say he doesn't make the team after they draft a free safety. You know what I mean? They can move on and it wouldn't be a big deal. Um, they like him, which is fine. Of course, yep. you're going to like your certain players. Um, I'm, not, I'm not super against it, but I'm not super excited about it. It doesn't move the needle for me. On Jimmy Ward, so correct. Um, I'm cool with it. Um, I yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, for whatever reason, man, this guy's just got nine lives, and he's just gonna stick around in the league. And he's using all. I, th- I hope he doesn't use them all in San Francisco, and he, and he ends up being the player that he thinks he can be, that the coaches think he can be, if he can just just stay goddamn healthy. Yeah, I mean, and there's nothing uh, that, you know, there's nothing on the coaching staff or the training staff that can prevent broken bones, you know. He, he's broken the same arm twice. Yeah, just start <laughs> drinking milk, man. Um, you know, and that would apply, you know, everyone wanted Earl Thomas. He broke the same leg twice. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of, it's in that same yeah. category. I mean, I'm, they're not the same player, but you have two guys with broken yeah. bone problems. You know, one on the leg and one on the arm. Last time I checked, you don't run on your arms, you run on your legs. So, the Jimmy Ward thing, I, I get it. Um, he's, he fits. He knows the defense. He's familiar. He's liked in the locker room. The coaching staff likes him. And it's a cheap, relatively cheap deal. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. opposed, but I hope and pray they take a free safety. Uh, with pick 36 or pick 67, something. Um, John Lynch, if you're listening, please get me a free safety. Please. Um Get me, get me eating this year out yeah, of me, any, anybody. It's anybody. Really, that's, that's the guy. <laughs> Um, the the other one that's brought back that again raised some eyebrows because of the depth at what running back is Raheem Mostert. He broke his arm last year, but he was yeah. After he after he stopped his fumbles, he was balling out for us. Um, the Raider game, yeah, the Raider game, he, really he took it to the house and McGlinchey's up there, you know, leading the way, fifty yards downfield. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Mostert thing for special teams and also a depth running back. I don't think he's going to be 
playing much running back on this team because of the guys in front of him. But if he's our elite special teams player, which a lot of teams like, um, I'm cool with him being back as well. So I'm down with Raheem Mostert. Just no more fumbles, please. Yeah, 100%. I love it. Like I said, I don't, like you said, I don't think he's going to, he's going to see much time at running back. But between Mostert, Markinzoja, and David Mayo, the 49ers got some really good special teams players. And that has been their Achilles heel for a couple seasons. I mean, they, 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 they give up a lot of returns. Yeah. And special teams is important, you know? I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, it's the third facet of the game. So it definitely matters. Um, but I, I love bringing back Mostert. I really do. I think he's a good locker room guy. I think everybody really likes him, respects him. And when he when injuries forced uh, forced Kyle Shanahan's hand, you know he Mostert stepped up and he played really well. It's just a shame that I think it was yeah, the Raiders he, he game. He snapped right, where that his arm, arm exploded and that's, that's turned into a triangle. It's terrible. I, I, they showed the replay. I was like, oh, that's gross. Yeah, I, I watched it. I shouldn't <laughs> have done that. Um, they gave us no warning either. They're not like, oh yeah, by the way, this replay is terrible. No, they uh, never they just, do. They just put it on. There. <laughs> they, just, they just subject it. Just, uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I like. I like. Yeah, it, I like and it. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I don't know anything about David Mayo, um, except for he's gonna probably play special teams, and it's you know the replacement for Brock Coyle. So uh, I'll have to look and see what what they got there with David Mayo. I have to check that out. I'm not not an expert on on him per se. Um, again, that's that's more of a depth piece, special teams guy. Yeah, so. from what I read, he was. Yeah, from what I read, he was just the the special teams guy in, in Carolina. So, I'm cool with it. Bring him back. Or bring him in, I should say. And if he makes a team, you know, cool. Right if on. he doesn't, all right. That's fine, too. No biggie. Um, now, the Niners need a punter. Bradley Pinion's gone. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not super opposed to him being on the team or gone, whatever. You know, it, with Pinion, it, it was... I think this year was his best year, but before then it was so hit or miss. It's like, all right, I'm yep. going to punt for 25 yards, and then the next one I'm going to punt for 70. So he was so hit or miss. I think they're looking for more consistency out of that punter position, you know, changing field position, you know, that plus minus there uh, with wherever the, you know, flipping the field is important. Um, yeah. I'm not an expert on punters in the draft or free agency, so we'll see what they do there. Um, thanks, thanks, Bradley. We appreciate you. Yeah, I, I I hope they don't spend one of their picks. I hope they don't spend one of their picks on a punter like Balky did with Pinion. I think I'll always hold that against Pinion. I, mean, I think he's better than I always give than I give him credit for. But the fact that he was a fifth round goddamn draft pick just drives me up the wall. So I I was so ready to move on from him. I was so ready to move on from him. But again, that's just personal bias. I think yeah. he, he was he was fine as a punter, but. I'm sure they can find somebody just as good. It's an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, I mean, there's some now guys, an undrafted there's a free couple agent guys left in free agency. There's uh, Brian Anger, Ryan Allen, Pat O'Donnell, Donnie Jones, Matt Darr, and I don't know who any of these guys are. So um, you're a punter. Generally, no one really knows who you are. So, yeah, I think Marquette um, King's still out there. I would love to see him because I, I think he's an awesome punter, <laughs> and I think he's hilarious to watch. But I, I can almost guarantee that Kyle Shanahan doesn't want him in the locker room, so I wouldn't hold my breath Definitely on bringing not. him in. Definitely not. Um, and then the one that was most, the one we kind of saw coming, Cassius Mars was released. Um, I don't feel any type of way about that one. You know, it's 
cool. You got us five and a half sacks last year, but there was times where you're getting manhandled at the line. So I get it. D four came in. That's the replacement there. Um, any thoughts on Marsh? Uh, no, not really. I think they tried to dangle him as trade bait, and I think they were trying to just get any kind of late round compensation for him. And then when nobody was biting, they were like, "Yeah, fuck it, let's just cut him, move on." Yeah, uh, sa- cool move sack forward. celebration. Hope he lands on his feet. But it, it, yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with it. That that doesn't doesn't he'll, do anything for me. He'll land somewhere. He you know he's he's not a he's not a he's not a terrible player. He's a depth he's a depth player. He's a rotational guy. He's not terrible. Um, and then I guess. I guess we can, you know, we can talk about the 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 almost done deal of Odell Beckham. I'm I'm of the mindset I'm glad the 49ers did not give up the number 2 pick to grab Odell Beckham. Mm-hmm. If that was rumored, that's what the Giants wanted and the, and the Giants didn't want to swap picks. So from everything I've read and understand, um is the Giants wanted to pick pick two for Odell Beckham. Like I think that was the trade because the Giants want two picks in the first round. Um from what I understand, there was a there was a deal on the table, and it was better than the than the Browns um, offering, but the Browns but the Giants took the Browns deal, and here we are. Um, I don't, I, I'm not of, of the mindset of mortgaging the future on trading for Odell Beckham, especially at the number two pick, considering what the Niners need to do in this draft. Um, where do you stand on that? I'm right there with you. There's no way. Odell Beckham, a wide receiver, is worth the second overall pick without doing a pick swap. No way. It doesn't make any damn sense. It's already to drop from from two to six is already on the little the pick value chart is already equivalent to the fifteenth overall selection. So you're already paying a first rounder more or less to get to get him if you drop back to six. Giving up number two overall for a wide receiver makes no damn sense, and I'm glad they didn't pull the trigger yeah. on it. Yeah, I mean, and the Giants would have, they would, to, for that deal to make sense, we'd have to at least swap picks and then the Niners give up something in the future or maybe the third rounder this year or something like that. But um, I think John Lynch played it smart. I think Kyle Shanahan played it smart. I think they were aggressively prudent, again, considering the money they handed out um, by not ha- handcuffing themselves going forward after the 2019 season. Um for the 49ers fans out there who's spazzing out about rumors and things like that that weren't coming out, we have to remember everyone from what I understand, from what I've seen, and all the 49ers fans that I know, they hated the leaks under Harbaugh. They hated the leaks under Jim Tom Sula. They hated the leaks under Chip Kelly. This front office is like Fort Knox. Nothing is getting mm-hmm. out. So if you don't hear anything, doesn't mean they're not doing anything. That's just not how they do business now in that front office anymore. So, for those of you who are out there who are like, oh, the not- John Lynch isn't aggressive. He did everything he needed to do for this offseason except grab a free safety, according to some. Which is, you know, completely understandable given the concern of free safety. Um, I spoke about it on the last podcast. Me and you spoke about it. Patience. you got to mm-hmm. be patient with these things. These things don't happen just like that. Um, you know, yes, there's a tampering period, but that's just a tampering period. Um, the Niners... Yeah, and the as we saw with Anthony Barr, I mean, he. Yeah, as we saw with Anthony Barr, I mean, he just up and decided, oh, never mind, I'm not going to the Jets. I'm going to stay. So all the stuff that was reported, you know, ten minutes into into the legal negotiation period, whatever it's called, they could have gone back on all of that. 
So you had really had to wait until was it Thursday, Wednesday, when they put Wednesday, when they yeah. put pen to paper. So yeah, it's and that's why that's part of the reason why I like I like the way the Niners do things. They wait till their guys in the building signs that sheet of paper, and then they announce it, which is perfectly fine with me. Mm-hmm. Make sure that the ink is dry on that paper. Mm-hmm. You got your guys, you got your players, you're going forward. Um, there's no need to spaz. Like, you got to just be patient, you know. And I, I said it last time, you know, I, I, I thought the Niners wouldn't be super aggressive. I think they'd get a couple big names, a couple big big deals, and the rest would be depth uh, type of thing. So I, I think Kyle Shanahan believes in his – lineup currently the offensive line is pretty much set mm-hmm. his wide receiving group does consist of Marquise Goodwin Dante Pettis um, Kendrick Bourne those guys we've seen Marquise Goodwin play at an elite level we've seen Dante Pettis this year break out in several games Kendrick Bourne is a nice depth piece we saw Trent Taylor be the third down machine he was Richie James had had some really good moments then you add in a guy like Jordan Matthews he's a depth piece but he has experience in the playoffs he has experience in big games and he does. He has um, the potential to be a red zone threat. If he makes a team, cool. If he doesn't, we get it. Um, you know. And then on defense, they gave solid pieces. Like, hey, look, you got pieces now. Make it happen. Yeah. This so, is this is a make or break cool. year for Salah. I I, th- I think he's going to be out of excuses. They, they, the heat's on. They they dra- they they traded for Ford. They're going to draft somebody in the first round. I mean, he has to produce now. He has to put together a solid solid squad. He's got a new secondary coach, a new defensive line coach. He's out of excuses. If this defense comes out flat, Sal is gone. Yeah, and you know what? And I, I have a hard time putting a lot of stuff on coaches. You know, especially the defensive coordinator. You know, if you if you're calling the correct plays, a lot of times you heard Richard Sermon say it like the plays are being called correctly. It's just guys are just not executing. So this mm-hmm. is where the whole need for a free safety comes into play. You know, that free safety is the in, in this defense, in my opinion, is the glue. Um, we've seen it with Earl Thomas. You saw it last year with uh, Derwin James in, in, uh, at, in, with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. You see it on other, other teams. The safety is key, um, and I, I really hope they address that position in the draft. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's the coach on the field. So, yeah, and then with Salah, yes, you know, I, I let's get it done, man. You know, I, I understand the, the – the 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 seat for him is getting warm. Um, I don't think this is a make or break year for Kyle or John, but I think it's it's definitely on Salah this year to get it done. Um, and then you know Solomon Thomas, if he's playing more interiorly, um, time for you to get it done too. Armstead, if he repeats what he did last year, he's probably in line for an extension. Mm-hmm. Um, Buckner is probably getting an extent. Well, not probably. He's going to be extended yeah. uh, either mid season next season or sometime before the season starts this year. Um, the Niners have pieces, and I'm glad they didn't spend it all in this free agency period because you still have to lock up guys like Kittle, Buckner, um, and you know put the other contracts down the line like a McGlinchey, a Fred Warner, uh, those guys like that, and potentially Akello if he if he breaks out this year. Yep. Um, we'll get into uh, you know breakout candidates and things like that once we get closer to the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm all in, man. I was super excited once these transactions went down. I don't know how about, I don't know about you. Were you pretty hyped? Yeah, I got there. I got there. It took a it took a little, a little while for them to start rolling in, but once they did, I liked all the moves. The like we we've we've, <laughs> we've talked about ad nauseum throughout this uh, this episode here. I, I'm with it. I like what they're I like what they're doing. I think they have a finally have a sense of direction. So 
it's nice to see. It's nice to see uh, the front office have a plan and execute it. Yeah, the, the I think they're going in the right direction. They 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 did what they needed to do. Um, but free agency, you know, it's still open. It's not closed. You can still sign players. There's some guys out there they can probably bring in for depth and uh, camp bodies. But I think I think for now, I think they're done. Mm-hmm. Um, any big splashes, I think they're done. There was a rumor about you know a potential running back being traded to the Eagles. Um, I'm just gonna say that doesn't make any sense if that if that wide receiver is a, uh, Nelson Aguilar because he makes 9.4 million dollars on his fifth year option in Philadelphia for us to trade for Nelson Aguilar and you know give up McKinnon or Breida I think that would be really really stupid and I don't think the Niners are in the business of making dumb decisions uh, in this third year of their of their of their uh, contracts so yeah and, and the only running back that would make any sense to trade would be McKinnon. Um, Coleman just signed and the value that, that Breda has being an undrafted free agent. I mean, the bang for the buck there is wild. And, uh, even next year they can like slap a second round tender on him as a restricted free agent and then just dare somebody to sign him. So I, yeah, I, I don't know if any of that materializes. I really think Shanahan's looking forward to using all three running backs in tandem with each other. Cause they, they will complement each other very well for sure. Um, draft is on April 25th, 26th. So we're a little bit over a little bit of a month and a half away from the draft. You'll hear a whole bunch of guys being in for visits and things like that. I'm just focusing on the safeties that they bring in for visits. That those would be my big targets, um, to me. And then I may look at the wide receivers that they bring in on visits. Those things, those things get released and discussed. So, uh, I'll be looking at those. Um, but I think that covers everything for today. Uh, we'll be back next week, breaking mm-hmm. down a couple other things we'll look over. Um, we want to thank again, thank everybody again for listening. We appreciate all the follows, the uh, listens on, on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you're listening at. We appreciate it. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, leave them in the in the review section of that, of those platforms. Uh, or just hit us on Twitter. Again, for me, I'm Javier at 49 or 49 and then that is matt at matt bar underscore he can't get rid of that damn underscore uh <laughs> nope never will. Uh, or if you just want to follow the podcast on uh twitter just hit it at at fourth and gold podcast and we'll be there to answer questions um just engage with anybody who wants to engage um but until next week we do thank you again uh, check us out on all the platforms we appreciate you peace